Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. DJ Baller, you killed this. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. It is week seven, and you are looking at the preview show for this weekend's lovely slate of ranked matchups coming your way. As we start out every show, Tyler, we start out with the risers and fallers per usual. Well, folks, I hate to break it to you, but not much happened. Um, one major thing happened. That's That's probably about it. One major thing happened. Um, right now, we're in a in a situation with the college football rankings um, that I don't particularly enjoy. I, I don't know. It's weird to me. Um, we discussed it over on the Sports Scramble last weekend and kind of got into a heated exchange with it and everything. It's our show where we kind of get at each other and get all our anger out from the week and everything. It's 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 a good time. So, if you guys want to go check out our take over there on uh, the college football rankings and college football as a whole going forward, you guys can go check that out on the Sports Scramble podcast. Um, but here we are with our top 25, some teams that are in the top 25 I don't think that belong and some that are kind of low that I think deserve a little bit more respect. But here we are nonetheless with our risers and fallers. Tyler, I'll let you take it uh, right out the gate, man. Give me, give me your faller for the week. Some, some sad news in the top twenty-five. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the biggest game here of week number six, and that was Oklahoma and Texas. I think that one of us is probably gonna take Oklahoma as our riser, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Texas as the faller. I think that Texas was getting 
a lot of hype. Uh, you know, they were supposedly the, the number one team in the country. Everyone was saying that they were the best team in the country. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. They're still a very good football team, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian absolutely mismanaged uh, that game. They had plenty of chances, you know, on that last drive. They were trying to hurry it up, and they just gave way too much time uh, for Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel. So you got to tip your cap to Oklahoma, but I got to give Texas as my big father. Right now, you're sitting at uh, one loss. In the month of October, uh, you know, you still have your college football playoff hopes are, are still up for grabs. Uh, the Big 12 championship is up for grabs, especially whatever happened uh, two days ago between West Virginia and Houston. If you missed that, I mean, golly, if you were betting that game, I feel sorry for you. Uh, but I think that Texas, even with the loss, still controls their own destiny. But, man, I thought that this was a game that they were going to make a statement and they didn't, so falling uh, six spots down all the to now number nine. They're still in the top ten, so it's not the sky is falling, but one more loss, so we'll knock off uh, the Longhorns out of playoff contention. Yeah, you know, for me, and I'm surprised you didn't take this game, but for me, it's Miami. Um, to no fault but their coaching staff, I mean, really, to be honest. Uh, you know, you lose that game there at the end of the game because you make a stupid decision. Um, but I mean, who's to say that that game doesn't go to OT, you know, like it's one of those situations where like everybody, like everybody can, can talk and say Miami had in the bag, but I mean, I mean, what, what if, you know, they run it down and somebody misses a field goal, like you're, you're in trouble. So, I mean, you know, the circumstances of that game were questionable, you know, to, to make a call like that at that point very questionable um people are saying they're gonna come for you know uh what's his name's job and it's just like i i don't think that right now miami can afford to go through the lovely coaching carousel that they went through a couple of years ago i just don't think that they're in that stage of their program and you just need to take your medicine and move on um mario cristobal there it is it hit me um, but yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of questions around this team as a whole, you know, losing that game to Georgia tech was kind of a, uh, interesting one, a head scratcher for a lot of people only because you beat temple the week before 41 to seven. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's temple temple is hot garbage. Let's be honest. So it, it, it's a situation where you, you really can't prepare for Georgia tech. So they're going to keep it close with everybody in the ACC for the most part. So I'm not surprised that they won and I'm not surprised that they kept it close uh, more notably, but I just, I just see this Miami team taking further steps back and it doesn't get any easier from here. So that's why they're my faller for the week. Yeah. Very questionable decision by Cristobal. I'm sure we'll get to that uh, when we talk more about Miami going on the road to North Carolina, but now switching on to the risers, I'm going to stay in the ACC. I'm going to go with Louisville. I mean, this is a team that is just flying under the radar and I'm definitely loving it, especially with first year head coach, you know, Jeff Brom coming from Purdue. He brings over Jack Plummer and Plummer had a fantastic day. And I think that the defense of this Louisville team doesn't get enough credit. I think that they're one of the best defensive units in the ACC. I definitely got tested on Saturday against Sam Harmon and Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame, uh, you know, got uh, tested early, you know, against Ohio State. They lost that one. And then the next uh, road test was Duke. And then their next road test after that, I mean, this is just a gauntlet 
that it's been for Notre Dame. Uh, but look at the schedule for Louisville. You saw some landmines on the schedule, but sitting at 6-0, and you moved up 11 spots after that big victory against a very good Notre Dame team sitting at number 14. Uh, so Louisville might be one of those dark horse teams that we keep talking about in the ACC. Yeah, they might be. It's just the uh, I was going to take that game and you beat me to it. But yeah, I I like this Louisville team. They're scrappy. They're not exactly the biggest team. Like they're 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 undersized very much so, especially on the defensive line. Um they looked like they size-wise and on paper, they were overmatched the entire way. But I mean, heart-wise and just absolute effort-wise, they it was a hundred to nothing. I mean, just just watching them and effort wise. I mean, they would get, you know, to Sam Hartman, and, and it was just it just couldn't do anything with the football. And that's kind of what they were able to control the line of scrimmage, and ultimately that wins you games. I mean, if you're going to control the line of scrimmage for most football games, you're going to win. I mean, that's just really what's going to happen. And, and for a team like that to be playing at home was a big upside crowd behind them, uh, and controlling time of possession. They ran the ball so well. Of course, my dog of the week was uh, Louisville's running back, Jawar Jordan. Um, I, I just was a fantastic game for him. I, I just think that they fed the ball to him, you know, after half, and they got into a groove, and they were just unstoppable. I mean, their offensive line got pushes. He just got into space and really took advantage of Notre Dame's defense. Notre Dame's got a tough one, like you said, you know, today with, with uh, USC. I just think that that's going to be an absolute battle of offense at that point because neither team has any defense. So whatever it is, we'll, we'll get to it later and and it'll probably be on one of my best bets towards the end of the show. But uh, for me, my riser, not that I necessarily agree with how much they went up uh, after their win, 25, 17 win over Washington state, UCLA moves all the way from unranked to 18. Um, that's interesting. I just said, I'll say it now. I mean, that that's crazy to me that you move up that many spots. I get that Washington state was a really good football team. They were 13 in the country, but you also got to take it for what it's worth. I mean, they've played a couple of tough opponents, but they weren't, I mean, UCLA wasn't on the road. They were playing at home and it was an eight point game. So I just, I think it's too much to move UCLA up that much. I mean, congrats them on the win, um, but they've got another tough one this weekend. So for me, I don't think they're going to be ranked very long. So take it while it lasts um, for for UCLA. Um, but getting away from our risers and fallers, we get into our games of the week. Of course, we always started off in the ACC. First ACC game of the week is number 25, Miami. They just managed to stay inside the top 25. Don't ask me how or why, but they are. Um, I think it's a sympathy one right there, but they are going on the road to face off against number 12, North Carolina. The Tar Heels are the two and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to get your thoughts on this game first. First of all, offensively, you and I both know that North Carolina is very polished offensively. Quarterback is arguably the number two best quarterback for the draft. Um, you know, what's Miami since to get a stop on defense and, you know, what's the mentality coming in off of a week where you felt like you had a win, especially at home. And now you got to go and play a really good football team in, you know, enemy territory. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point, especially after a heartbreaking loss like that and a game that you thought you were going to win. You know, if your head coach was actually smart and actually did the right thing and do the, the best formation in all of college football, and that is the victory formation, but he decided that he would just wanted to keep running the football and it bit him in the butt. And, you know, the running back fumbled, and then Georgia Tech uh, and Haynes King was able to, to drive all the way down the field and, uh, and win the game at the buzzer. Uh, so you just saw – the agony on the sidelines from not only Mario Cristobal, but the, you know, all the offense and defensive players, especially the running back. Uh, he felt like, you know, that was the loss was solely on him. It wasn't, it was definitely on the, the head coach. It always goes back to the head coach in that situation. Uh, but yeah, uh, like you brought up, these are two very talented quarterbacks on one side, Tyler Van Dyke. He's played well. I think that his best game that he's played this season was against a, a really tough, Texas A&M defense and Miami was able to put up 40 plus points. And then North Carolina, man, this is a team that is just blowing people through the water. I mean, last week they put up 40 points against the Syracuse team that a couple of weeks ago we were talking about on this same show uh, that they were undefeated. And, you know, could they have a potential win the ACC? Obviously that is out the door of a loss to Clemson and the North Carolina. But I think, you know, Florida State has already cemented that they're the best team in the ACC. It's just the question, you know, who's going to be that number two? Is it going to be North Carolina? Is it going to be Louisville? I think it can still be Duke, uh, even with uh, the one loss. Uh, they're coming off the bye week. Uh, so I definitely think that this could be a high-scoring shootout, but I've really been impressed with North Carolina's defense. A year ago, we were trashing them, but I think that Gene Chizik uh, got the players that he wanted both through their recruiting trail and through the transfer portal, he's made the adjustments. Uh, so I'll already give you my prediction. I think that this is also probably going to be one of my best bets. I know that, you know, Miami, they're a talented team, uh, but they just lost to Georgia Tech. I just can't get over that. This was the same Georgia Tech team uh, two weeks ago that they lost to Bowling Green, and Bowling Green isn't, you know, a, a Mac powerhouse that we're so used to seeing. So I think that North Carolina, I think that this team, especially – at home in Chapel Hill under the lights. Uh, I just think that this Miami team is going to be out of sorts. So give me North Carolina to win this one. I think that they cover this one. Uh, so give me uh, North Carolina 38 to 28. They get the double digit victory over the Hurricanes. Yeah. You know, for me, you brought up a good point, especially talking about the ACC and how it stands, you know, right now to me, uh, it just seems like a three-team race between Louisville, uh, Florida State, and North Carolina. It really just seems like they're going to go at it. And, of course, they're going to play each other uh, here down the end of the season. But, you know, for Miami, technically you're you're out of it at this point. I, I just think that right now anybody who's already got a loss within the conference is already out of it because you've got – a couple of different teams that are already sitting at the three and zero in the conference, and don't look to be moving anywhere else anytime soon. So it's really tough to to say that a team outside of them is going to be, you know, aggressive in any sort of way to to make a push for the ACC title game. So, with that being said, you know North Carolina, you brought up a really good point. I mean, they're playing arguably some of the best football in the country right now, pound for pound, offensively. Defensively, their defense really hasn't had to strain very much at all because the offense is putting up so many points. Until you get later in the season, then we'll probably be talking a little bit more about North Carolina's defense and how they really have to stay polished. I think this is a game where you can get away with not playing fantastic defense, 
pressure the quarterback, get to Tyler Van Dyke just a little bit, just throw him off, get him a little uncomfortable, and let your offense go to work. I mean, that, that's really what it's all about for North Carolina. They have the right mixture going right now. Can they keep it going? I think they can get through this weekend just fine. Uh, I've got them putting up 42 points this weekend. I think they're going to go 42 to 21. They'll beat them by double this weekend. I just think Miami right now is in a state of mind right now, mentally team speaking where they felt like they got one got away from them and they were in a really good place uh, to come into this weekend to be undefeated again. And I just think that they missed their opportunity. And I think it's a letdown for them. If the coaching staff can't make a call correctly, you know, under a minute to go in a game, and just make the right decisions, how can you trust them to come into a hostile environment and win a football game against a really good North Carolina team? So that's my reasoning behind it. Um, you know, and, and others might have their reasoning why Miami can keep it close. I just think that it, it's just a, it, there's a disconnect somewhere there in that game and in, in, in the, within this team that just they haven't figured it out yet. Um, but, yeah, we're both rolling with North Carolina. They're a really good football team right now, and it's tough to see anybody beating them right now until we get down the stretch of their season. Getting into our next game, let's throw it over to the Big 12 here. Uh, Kansas, K-State is – or, I'm sorry, not K-State, Kansas. The Jayhawks, uh, excuse me, are the 23rd-ranked team in the country. They are back in the top 25. They spent a week outside on vacation, and now they're back to work. Uh, they are the three-point favorite on the road visiting Oklahoma State in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, this year, you know, is interesting. Uh, Oklahoma State gets a big win last week, kind of an unexpected win by a lot of uh, by a lot of folks. I mean, coming in, they weren't the favorite. They end up winning at home. Is there any way that Oklahoma State can win this game at home? I mean, it, you know. Is it one of those situations where we feel like it's a Utah thing when they play at home? It's they're virtually unbeatable. Like I know that they're not ranked right now, but for Kansas to be only three points for them to be, you know, ranked at this, are you know, are they giving a little bit of credit to Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think so. Especially after you know they got the big victory on on Friday night uh, against Kansas State. This Oklahoma State team was one of the most disappointing starts, you know, that they got blown out by a South Alabama team that South Alabama has been up and down, you know, one week they lose to Central Michigan, the next week they put up 50 plus points against ULM and Kansas on the other side, you know, they're sitting at five and one, they're right there uh, in the mix, uh, especially with all the chaos that's been going on in the big 12, you know, Oklahoma's a, the only undefeated team in that conference. So this is definitely a huge game for Kansas. And this is just a momentum builder uh, for Oklahoma State. You know, they're sitting at three and two. They already had their bye week. Uh, meanwhile, Kansas uh, has been dealing uh, with a quarterback injury. We haven't seen Jalen Daniels uh, in the past two weeks. Has been Jason Bean. He's been the, the starting quarterback. He was able to really have great success uh, against UCF. Uh, they absolutely blew the doors off of UCF uh, last week. They put up 50 points. I expect this one to be a high-scoring shootout. I think that Oklahoma State's offense, like I mentioned, was off to a slow start. I think that they were finding their identity. They're able to find their identity against uh, Kansas State. We'll see if they can continue that momentum against Kansas. I think that this is going to be an absolute bar for both of these offenses. This challenge, uh, but I'm going to pull off the upset. I have uh, Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Stillwater is always a tough place to play. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that Kansas – we always talk about them here on the show. Uh, we love the Jayhawks, uh, but this is definitely a tough environment 
uh, to go into. Uh, so I'm going to go with Oklahoma State winning this one 35 to 34. I think uh, it would not surprise me if this comes down to like a game win Google or something wacky because this is what always happens uh, in a Big 12 matchup like this. Uh, but I just have a feeling that Oklahoma State, uh, they were able to get back on track. Uh, so give me Mike Gundy and the boys uh, to pull off the upset against number 23, Kansas. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's one of those things where I have to trust Kansas only because they're 5-1. and one. Their only loss is to Texas. We know that Texas was a really good football team, um, you know, and still, I think, are considered a good football team right now. They just ran into a buzzsaw of Oklahoma last weekend. So I think that Kansas can bounce back. You get a big win and a blowout over UCF. Welcome to the Big 12, UCF. Um, and and it's a situation where I think you just have to refocus. Your backup quarterback is just as good as your starting quarterback, I feel like, at, at Kansas, you have a one-two punch that's arguably unbeatable in all of college football there. As far as quarterbacks go, one for one right there. You move them back and forth. They really play off of each other. And it's impressive to see that, especially at the college level. So for Kansas, I think it's just a a, a rotational thing into the next week here. Um, you go on the road. This is a tough environment. Like you said, the play, this is very difficult to play. One of the toughest ones in the big 12, I think, um, if not the toughest in the big 12, it just seems like it, it, it doesn't feel like a trap game to me. That's the only thing. Uh, Oklahoma is at home. Their big win last weekend. I get it, but here's the thing. K-State's kind of on the down. They're on the decline. It feels like just watching them play the last couple weeks. So for me, that win last week really wasn't that big of a surprise. Um, I mean, I wanted to stay away from the game entirely as far as betting odds went and everything, just because it felt like a game where it's just too close to bet. Um, but for, for this game here, I just think that Kansas, can tr- if they can control the line of scrimmage offensively, I think they can get the job done, run the ball well in this one. I think they can, can easily get the win here. I think they can cover the three. I think they can win by 10 ultimately here. Um, it'll be a close game, I think, throughout, but I'm going to go 30 to 20. I, I, I've got uh, Kansas winning this one on the road to get to 6 and 1 and still be in the hunt for the Big 12 championship game. Getting away from this one to our absolute sleeper of the weekend. Folks, grab your pillows and blankets and take them up to Camp Randall here because Iowa, the Hawkeyes, are headed to Wisconsin to face off against the Badgers. The Badgers are a nine and a half point favorite at home in Camp Randall. Um, the most exciting thing will be the jump around um, in this game because that's about it. Um, Iowa looks atrocious. I hate to say it. They just look absolutely atrocious. It is hard to watch them play football because it seems like they're battling demons out on the field. I don't know what it is, but like it, it, it feels like they are battling like not only the defense, but they're battling their own offense. It feels like, so I, I just, they're just not on the same page and it's been like that for a long time. I think this is starting the cycle of Iowa starting to think about moving on from Kurt Ferentz. I just think that um, it's time to reset as a program entirely. Let's get a new person in there, get, get the ball rolling in another direction other than this direction on the other side of the ball. Well, Wisconsin's already started that you've got our lovely friend, uh, warm in the chair up there, Luke fickle. 
I think that he is a good fit for that program. It's going to take time to develop the Wisconsin program. Um, Wisconsin is playing at home. Iowa doesn't stand a chance in this game for me. Um, I think Wisconsin wins this game by 14. I think they can can win this by two touchdowns. I think it'll probably be a two-touchdown game probably throughout. I think Wisconsin can get up 14-0 and pretty much ride the ship to to a W here. Uh, I'm going to go 21-7. to Congratulations, Iowa. You score a touchdown. I don't know how, but maybe defensively, but um, it, it's very hard football to watch. And uh, this game is going to be one I don't think many people are going to pay attention to just because it, it's – it's hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, with all this, the hot talk and the hype about, you know, everyone being on this modern style offense, either the two teams, especially in the Big Ten uh, that are stuck uh, in the ancient days, especially Iowa, you know, Kate McNamara, he's out for the season and their offense has just been out of sorts ever since that McNamara has gone down with injury and they had to rely heavily on their defense. Some games it works, some games it does. You know, they still sit – at 5-1, and one, they control their destiny uh, in the Big Ten West. So I think the winner that you see right here, this is pretty much the Big Ten West Championship. I feel like the winner of this game will be the Big Ten Championship for whoever wins the Big Ten East, whether that be Ohio State, Penn State, or, you know, or uh, Michigan. So we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, but I think that Iowa, Wisconsin, this is definitely uh, the rivalry game that everyone's going to be watching, especially if you're a Big Ten fan. Uh, but Wisconsin, like you mentioned, I just think that their offense uh, just has all the firepower in this matchup uh, to really pull away in this one. Tanner Mordecai, uh, the SMU transfer quarterback, he's been sensational. Braylon Allen, we know what he's capable of. Uh, so I just don't really expect this one to be close. I think that the line is really right at it. I think that Wisconsin wins this one pretty handily in a defensive battle, 24-10. to 10. I just haven't really been impressed with Iowa. I know that they're 5-1, and one, uh, but this is their biggest test yet, especially in Camp Randall. Jump around is going to be going on. I think that Wisconsin is in need of a big victory, uh, especially in conference play. Uh, they're undefeated. They're 2-0. Their one loss is to a really good Washington State team. Uh, so I think that Wisconsin is going to get a big statement. And I think, uh, like I mentioned, I, I pick Wisconsin to win. The Big Ten West in the preseason, uh, so I'm not going to go away with that. So give me the Badgers. Yeah, interesting game there. Moving on to our best game of the weekend. Yes, let's go. Finally, some good football. Number eight, Oregon, is going on the road to face off against number seven, the Wis- the Washington, I'm sorry, the Washington Huskies. The Huskies are a three-point favorite at home. <coughs> Excuse me. This would be a fantastic football game. Um, I think it is the battle of Bo Nix and Michael Penix in this one. Um, who's going to score the most points uh, defensively? I just don't see a lot happening in this one. Oregon's defense has improved tremendously, and I think that's where Oregon can win the line, can win this game here is defensively. Um, if you can get to Penix, get him out of the pocket. But here's the only problem: Penix is comfortable outside of the pocket just as much as he is inside of the inside of the pocket. So. I, I think that we kind of run into a buzzsaw when it comes to, to Washington football because they're so multidimensional that it, it makes it really difficult defensively to play against Washington. Um, biggest thing here, Bo Nix has to get off to a good start. Um, I think the one spot that Washington is good at um, it is going to be that front seven defensively secondary wise. I just think, I don't think they're there yet, but front seven, if they can get to Bo Nix, 
then things can start to happen. I think that it's kind of interesting to to see defensively how these teams are going to develop. Offensively, I just think they're miles ahead of the rest of the people in the Pac-12. And I think that's where they space themselves out and why they're both ranked so high because they have no problem scoring points offensively. It's defensively where we see a little bit of issues. Um, but, you know, you iron this out throughout the season. Defense gets better. Um, but this one's going to be really close. I think it's really down to the wire. Uh, the three-point line, it's dude, this is, this is kind of interesting, but I feel like Oregon can cover it. it it's kind of weird. It feels like a one-point game to me. Um, so let's go 31-30 for the purposes of, of this, which is, I'm sure 61 points is definitely under the under because the under over, over under is 66 points. So it's going to be an offensive shootout. Um, I think so. It's just a matter of who's going to score the most points, uh, in this one. Yeah, I'll definitely be tuned in this one because this is going to go a long way of who's going to be in that Pac-12 championship. And honestly, whoever wins this one is really going to be in a good spot to get into the college football playoff. These are two very similar teams. Not really, you know, Oregon hasn't been tested. You know, they've just been bulldozing through people saying Washington, the closest game that Washington play was a road game against Arizona. But Arizona has been one of those gritty teams in the Pac-12 that you just don't want to see uh, on Saturday. Uh, so these are two of the most prolific offenses. I think that whoever wins this one is all automatically going to be on the pedestal of the Heisman race, uh, especially, you know, with Bo Nix, the way that he's been playing, and Michael Penix. He's definitely been the best quarterback uh, this season. Uh, so I think, you know, both defenses, they're definitely going to be challenged. This is going to be two of the best offenses uh, in the country going at it. Uh, so I think that at least uh, this is going to be a game that goes into the 30s. Uh, but I think it, whoever wins the turnover battle is ultimately, I think, who's going to win this game. Uh, so this is a, a tough environment. It's never easy to go into Husky Stadium. I think that this is going to be an outstanding environment. College game day is going to be there. Uh, so definitely tune in this one if you're a college football fan. You know, the Pac-12, this is going to be their last ride, and they're giving us three pretty dang good games, uh, you know, this weekend. And also it's been a really good season. Uh, for them. Uh, so I am going to go Washington. Uh, Washington uh, was my team that I thought that was going to take the Pac-12 championship. So I'm going to continue sticking with my preseason picks. I still believe in this Washington team, Michael Penix. I think he's going to have a dominant performance to really separate himself in the Heisman discussion. Uh, so give me Washington. I'm If I was a betting man, I probably wouldn't touch this one. Uh, Oregon and Washington always comes down to the wire, especially uh, to the field goals. Uh, so I'm going to go Washington winning this one exactly by three points. I'll go 33 to 30, take the Huskies at home. Yep, moving on to our next one here, Pac-12 versus Independent right here. Number 10, USC. They have hung on somehow in the top 10 after all of their struggles and everything. They're still undefeated. Just a weird football team right now. Um, the Trojans are headed to South Bend. South Bend feels like the absolute uh, honing ground for just craziness right now. Um, and they're playing against number 21, Notre Dame. They're playing at home. Notre Dame is the two-and-a-half-point favorite, even though, folks, they're ranked 11 spots behind the USC Trojans. Um, I, this game, dude, I don't know. Like It's kind of like the last game. Neither team is going to have any lick of defense. Whoever can score the most points in this game will win the game. So I'm going to put my paw up and I'm going to say that USC can score 
more points than Notre Dame. I just, I don't know. The only saving grace is Notre Dame is playing at home. Maybe they'll get some stops. I think this is the best team that USC is going to play to date this season. Will we really get to see a good USC football team or will they get behind early and it's too late? They can't come back. Um, For me, they struggled against Arizona. You went in a triple overtime game. That's embarrassing. Um, But yeah, I I think that touchdown Jesus and and South Bend itself is going to be enough for Notre Dame to get a win. Um, even though I think USC can score a lot of points, I think Notre Dame, if defensively they can get a couple of stops and turn this game around, um, two and a half points. I think Notre Dame can cover that to get the three, a lot of points in this one for the most part, considering the two teams, let's go 38, 35. Um, and I think it really comes down to last possession. And I think Notre Dame can kick a field goal, win this game, uh, and get out of here with a win. And, somehow stay in the top 25 as a two-loss team. Yeah, this is another important game. You know, USC really needing this one. This, Like you mentioned, this is their biggest test. Uh, yeah, if you look at their schedule, they got more landmines on their schedule. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's defense, they are coming off an embarrassing performance uh, against Louisville. This was the defense uh, that, you know, it's built on having a great defense, uh, but that was just non-existent against Louisville. USC's defense, I mean, golly, we just don't know what we're going to get. Every single week, we know that their offense is a championship caliber offense, but that doesn't really mean much if your defense can't stop anybody. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, against Arizona, winning the triple overtime. Uh, this has just been a team that's gotten, like, lucky every single week. You know, Colorado, they were up big. They ended up almost blowing that one. Uh, they ended up pulling off that victory uh, in Boulder. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they just keep on, uh, you know, keep it on. Uh, so I think Notre Dame, you're sitting at five and two. Obviously, your college football playoff hopes are, uh, are out the window, but you're, you can still have a good season. I think that you already went through your gauntlet. This is your last test. And if you win this one, I think that you can be a 10 and two team at worst. This could be a nine and three team. You're looking at probably a mid level bowl. You can still uh, go 10 and two, and maybe you're, you're on the doorstep of getting into that New Year's six. Uh, so, I don't really know what to expect uh, from this game. Could it be a high-scoring game? Yes. Could it be a defensive battle and surprises? Probably so. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Audric Estime has to get going. When Notre Dame has won football games, Estime has had uh, his fair share of carries. So, uh, like I mentioned, I'm just not really liking the vibe of USC. They have just been surviving and surviving every week. And I think it ends, especially in a hostile environment in South Bend. Notre Dame is a team that just wants, you know, they sitting at two losses their season, you know, like I just mentioned, their college football playoff hopes are dashed. Uh, but I think that they get a big victory here. I, I don't even know what the score is going to be. I'll just say 34 to 31 going somewhere in the middle. Uh, but get it, me the fighting Irish to pull off the upset in the rankings, even though that they're favored. But them being favored has to tell you something. Well, you know, it's one of those where I, I think it's really hard to gauge this football game um, from where it stands right now. Yeah, just it's a difficult game. It's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. Um, but betting-wise, I just think you got to stay away from it because you just don't know what can happen right now. Uh, getting away from this, we'll stay in the Pac-12 again. I just We got too many good Pac-12 games. This is the last Pac-12 game, folks, so uh, we will get back to the East Coast shortly. 
Um, but this flight continues out west in number 18, UCLA. Like I said, questionable ranking. I think that the Bruins are there at the 18 coming from unranked. They are headed over to the lovely state of Oregon to play against the 15th ranked Oregon State Beavers. The Beavers are a three and a half point favorite at home. Here, I'll make it quick. UCLA got lucky last week, I think, with a win. Luckily, they were playing at home. Um, one possession really changes that entire football game right there. It could go the other direction very quickly. Oregon State is no mistake of a football team. Here's the reason why. Offensively, they're a polished football team with a quarterback that is well-seasoned on the other side of the country. Um, Defensively, this is the best defensive team in the Pac-12. The best defensive team in the Pac-12. I just think there's pound for pound nobody that can match them defensively um i just think that it's such an upside that ucla is going to have problems moving the football in this one washington state really doesn't have that great of a defense um this one here will be very very interesting to see how many points ucla can actually score against this oregon state team i think that it's not far-fetched to say that i don't think they're going to score more than 17 points um, cause Oregon state, I think can amount to something in the thirties. Um, yeah, I've got a blowout in this one. I just don't think UCLA is going to be able to compete with Oregon state. Uh, so I'm going to go 35, 17 in this one. I'm going to take Oregon state and the Beavers big time. Beavers making a statement. I like it. And you know, I was on UCLA last week. I, I, I call that upset. I, I just knew something was in the water, uh, but Oregon State's been our team from the start, and we're going to take the Beavers. I think that the Beavers, especially at home, I'm really going to be excited to watch this quarterback battle. You know, Dante Moore, he's a freshman, five-star recruit, a lot of expectations. And he's had some ups and downs with a freshman that you're going to have to do that. But DJU, this has definitely been an impressive performance for Oregon State. They rely heavily on their running game. I think, like you mentioned, this is going to be – Two of the top defenses, you know, UCLA's defense, they really come to play these last couple of weeks. Uh, and then Oregon State's defense, man, they've just been an absolute pressure heater on the defensive side of the football. Uh, so I think that this is going to be a defensive battle. But I do think that Oregon State in Corvallis is a, one of the toughest environments uh, in the Pac-12. I mean, these Pac-12 teams have to go through an absolute gauntlet. I mean, UCLA went from like Utah to Washington State, and now you have to go on the road to Corvallis to Oregon State. Uh, so I'm just going to go with the home team, the Beavers. I uh, really like their head coach and Jonathan Swift. He's doing a fantastic job with this program. So uh, I said that Oregon State was going to be one of my dark horses. I'm going to stick with it. I think that DJU and the squad gets it done. Give me the Beavers to win 23-14. to 14. Like you mentioned, I think that they also lay down the hammer and make a statement victory over UCLA. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we both agree. On that Oregon State football team, we haven't disagreed very much with them at all in the past year or so. Moving away from this one to the SEC down south, or not really down south, kind of, I don't know what you call it. It's not really the south. I don't like when people call it the south because it's not really the south to me. Kentucky and Missouri are not considered the south to me. Just weird. Because, like, right above them is, like, hey, let's go to Indiana where it's not the south, or Ohio where it's not the south, or... You know, anywhere, Illinois is not south. So, um, yeah, these teams are in the SEC by default. Um, I think they should move on after this year, if you want my opinion, because I think there's some better teams coming in. They're going to put up a fight. Although, 
mark my words, I am surprised by both of these teams this season. Um, Missouri, the Tigers are headed to Lexington, Kentucky to face off against the Wildcats, one of about 38 Wildcats in all of FBS. Um, where do they amount? What do they amount to uh, is the question in this one. Here's the deal. Missouri's offense is so good that it's scary to watch. I, I am absolutely just shocked by how well they move the football. Mark my words, their wide receiver that they have, Tyler can probably give you some more insight because of his on SEC talk and he knows all the ins and outs of this Missouri football team. Their wide receiver, that guy, should be on the Heisman list. I think that guy could be sitting in one of the four spots at the end of the season for the Heisman Trophy. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, Kentucky got absolutely tortured last week. Um, and they got lit up by a Georgia team that, for all intents and purposes, wanted to show the country that they are still the number one team. Like So uh, um, this is a game where I think Kentucky's at home. Had they played at home last week? I think it's a little closer football game against Georgia. Missouri has a explosive offense. I think Missouri can win this football game. So for Kentucky to be the two and a half at home kind of surprises me. I've got Missouri taking this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 31-28 in this one. I think they're going to cover that two and a half to get it to three. Um, but they just have a lot of offense, and it's it's impressive to see how good they move the ball uh, in, in the changes that have come along the way in the last couple of years. Yeah, these are two teams. Uh, they're looking to bounce back. You know, one team got absolutely blown out in Kentucky against Georgia. Georgia showed us why that they're still the number one team in the land. And Missouri coming off of a 10-point uh, defeat uh, to LSU. Uh, I mean, it, Missouri absolutely uh, controlled that game in the first half, and they just went away uh, with their running attack. Uh, so I think that, you know, Missouri's offense, like you mentioned, they're one of the best in the SEC, Brady Cook. He's really been playing with his hair on fire. Cody Schrader, he's also been playing pretty well. And then, like you mentioned, Luther Burton third. He's one of the best uh, wide receivers in the SEC. And if the Heisman Trophy wasn't, you know, only a quarterback award, I probably would give him my vote. He's definitely been outstanding for Missouri. But Missouri's defense has been up and down, up and down. Their past defense ranks as one of the worst in FBS. Kentucky, on the other hand, Devin Leary, he's had his ups and downs A transfer from NC State. Uh, but they rely heavily on their running game. Ray Davis has had uh, some monster games, uh, most notably the Florida game where he had over 270 yards uh, rushing. And Kentucky's defense, I mean, they're good one week, and then I don't know if it's just Georgia that they're being good. I don't know. I just can't figure out this team. Kentucky, they do this every year to us. They start off 5-0. They get to Georgia. They get blown out. Uh, so they're still sitting in the top 25. They're ranked number 24. Uh, this is a tough one to gauge, too. It would not surprise me. This could go either way. This robbery game is like back and forth and back and forth. Uh, but I'm going to go Kentucky win this one pretty close. I'll say 28 to 27. I just don't know. I'm just throwing out scores. This is one, nonetheless, is going to be very close. But I'm going to give the advantage uh, to the Wildcats. Last game on the slate, the best of them all. Tyler and I are so excited. Tyler put both of us up here on the screen for this one. Wyoming and Air Force. This is a fantastic football game. I'm so ready for this. Wyoming coming off of an upset win to me last week. It was. Um, 
they are unbelievable and i'm honestly shocked with how well they play something's in the water in laramie wyoming i don't know what it is but it's weird it's creepy i don't know on the other hand uh nothing can stop the u.s air force like nothing can stop them and it's just one of those things where they are the hardest hitting most aggressive team in all of college football they go in with like balls of steel and just absolutely just run people over it's so neat to watch them play football like it they're they don't have any care in the world they just go at people um they're like a polished team running offensively throwing the ball they don't throw the ball very much so basically if you stop the run you can win a football game but here's the problem nobody has been able to stop the run yet this season against them they are the 11 point favorite at home Uh, I don't know. 11 seems a lot against Wyoming. It really does with how well they're playing. Um, I'll give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt with the 11. I I think that they can cover it. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win this game just because I think Air Force is is a very impressive football team to me. I I think this game is probably going to be somewhere in the 20s, I think. Um so let's go 24 to 21. Let's take Air Force to win by three. Uh, I just don't think that Vegas has given Wyoming enough credit for how well they've played this season. I think that Wyoming very well could be a ranked football team. And I think that surprises a lot of people. But both of these teams... Tyler, I mean, you could make excuses uh-huh. for both of these teams to be in the top 25 for college football. None more really than I feel like Air Force. I mean, Air Force is is a team that really hasn't had any struggles throughout the season. And looking at it, they were, I mean, it's funny to look at it because Wyoming is second place in votes outside of the top 25 and Air Force is third in votes outside of the top 25. So they're right there with each other. So this is a fantastic football game. And for Air Force to be an 11-point favorite, that really, really surprises me. So I'm going to take Wyoming to cover, but uh, give Air Force a three-point victory at home. Yeah, that's very surprising. Air Force Vegas just loves Air Force. I'm taking them uh, 11 points. Uh, like you mentioned, I feel like the winner of this one, I, if they're not in the AP Top 25, I will grab my pitchforks and go straight to their office because if one of these teams are not sitting in that AP Top 25 poll, on Sunday, whenever we wake up, then this is complete and utter. The, this is just the AP poll needs to be revoked if one of these teams are, are not in the AP Top 25. Uh, so, uh, Wyoming, if you would have told me that we would be talking about this team three out of seven weeks on the show, you'd be absolutely insane. We were picking against them, and every, you know, week one, we, we had them uh, getting blown out by Texas Tech. What happens? Wyoming pulls off the upset. Last week, we're like, oh, Fresno State's got this. No way that Wyoming pulls off it again, and they did. Uh, so it's just something about Laramie, but this ain't Laramie anymore. Nothing can stop the U.S. Air Force. Air Force is going to win this game, and then they're going to run it, run it, run it, and run it. So I do think that this is going to be a defensive battle. These are two of the best defenses in the Mountain West, but give me the Falcons, baby, at home to win this one 27 27- to 21 so wyoming covers but air force continues to undefeated streak and i'm telling you people this is going to be your representative for the group of five in the new year six 
Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, I, I, without a doubt, I think that that team is, is very good. They are definitely, yeah, they're very good, you know, and I think that they can be the representative from the group of five. I think they could get a new year six bowl possibly at the end of the season. I mean, if they win out the rest of their games, I mean, it's them at Tulane probably. I can't see why not. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of where we stand with it. Um, Of course, Tulane getting a good victory last night Mm. over Memphis. Um, Kind of disappointed to see Memphis throw that football game away. Um, You know, you're up in that one, you're playing at home, and you got out of a rhythm. And, you know, interception on a bonehead play, and and at the end of the day, 31-21, and Tulane wins that football game on the road to – to keep the streak going for them and go to five and one. So I'm, I'm very interested to see. I mean, this, this game means a lot. I mean, that's, that's the thing about it. Like folks that really don't understand kind of what goes on week to week within college football and the changes that are made and some teams that, I mean, you don't have to be ranked in order for it to be a big game or you don't have to be a power five team in order for it to be a big game. This game means just as much as that Oregon and Washington game when it comes down to at the end of the day, because whichever team wins this game ostensibly is within the top 25, because I don't see Miami holding on a number 25. So somebody's going to have to make a move. Um, you know, Kansas is on the hot seat against Oklahoma state, uh, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame and USC. Yep. If Notre Dame loses, they're out. Um, you know, Kentucky sitting at 24. If they lose that game at home to Missouri, all of a sudden we have spots opening up. UCLA. So it could be UCLA. I mean, at 18, if they lose that game, you could say bye bye. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's there's a few a few scenarios that that go through my mind. You know, looking at these games, everybody here has some sort of chance. These ranked teams to to lose a football game and really it hurt them pretty bad. Only two teams I really think that. If they lose, it ain't going to hurt them super bad as Oregon and Washington. But I think that it's so critical, especially for this game, uh, in a very good group of five teams that I just, I'm really happy to see them face off against each other. Uh, but moving away from this, folks, it's like arguably the most exciting segment of the season right now, um, since it's our first uh, edition of it and first rendition i'm sorry rendition of uh the mid-season cfp predictions so your college football player predictions of course for the final time this year you know this season you have your four-team playoff in the future tyler and i will be putting our lovely bracket up on the screen and giving you guys what who we think is going to be there from one to twelve um you know at the end of the season and of course predicting conference champions and all that happy thing because they would get a they would get a nice little bid in and not have to deal with it and things like that so i'm glad that changes are coming but here we are with our four teams they make it nice and simple for us not so um yeah i moving right along tyler let's both hit with our number fours i'll let you go first i tell you what i just i'm just getting a headache thinking about how we're gonna pick 12 teams next year it's just going to be absolutely insane there's probably going to be one or 
or two, there's going to be one loss. There's going to be two loss. Is there going to be three loss? Who knows? But we'll worry about that uh, next year. Uh, but number four is going to be the Michigan Wolverines here. I think that I'm already going to – I'm not going to actually going to spoil it. I'll, I'll save it. Uh, but I think that Michigan uh, – I have this team uh, being 11-1. I'm not going to say that the team that they're going to lose to, but it's going to be on the road. Uh, you know, Michigan hasn't really been tested. They're going to be tested. You know, they, they uh, go on the road in a couple of weeks. And then they have the game at to end the season. Uh, we'll see if they can continue their dom- their recent dominance against Ohio State. Uh, but I think that Michigan, you know, they're just taking care of business. People can say, you know, they haven't really played anybody. But a good team is, you know, like Michigan, they're doing what they're supposed to do, just taking care of business. They just blew the doors off of Minnesota on the road. They get Indiana today. At big noon, I expect them to win that one pretty convincingly. Indiana is pretty bad. Uh, so I think that Michigan, you know, even with, uh, the, you know, the road trip coming up and then uh, they get Ohio State at home. Uh, so that's definitely a big key. Uh, so give me Michigan as my number four overall team. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I, I'm the king of having four teams uh, in there from different conferences. So I'm going to continue that trend. Uh, for me, number four is an interesting spot. Um, I'm going to put Washington at four. I think Washington gets a win here. I think Washington has a chance to to represent and win the Pac-12. I think they have the best chance for me, in my mind, to win the Pac-12. I think Pac-12 is probably the fourth team that gets in right now just due to strength of schedule and kind of how the committee views it. The Pac-12 really hasn't gone very high in the past in rankings as far as college football playoff goes. So for me, I think Washington can be that fourth team. I think they're good enough offensively. Defense needs to to clean up some things, but I think that they can prove that today. Um, I just feel that they're the most polished team in the Pac-12, and and I have to put a Pac-12 team in there uh, in order to make it feel right, you know, to sleep at night type thing. Um so for me, that's why I put the Huskies there at number four. All right, we'll go on to our number three. And my number three, it feels pretty easy to me. I think that this is going to be the ACC champion and it's going to be the Florida State Seminoles. They've really already gone through their their really meat of their schedule. Uh, they, they beat LSU in the season opener. And then week number three, they got tested on the road against Clemson. And then after that, you know, they, they had some challenges, uh, but I just don't really see anybody beating them. You know, they do face off against Duke. They face off against Miami. The way that those teams uh, have been looking at it, they take care of business, whoever they face in the ACC championship, whether that's North Carolina, Louisville. I think that they take care of business there. Uh, so I think that this is going to be an undefeated team uh, by the time that the season wraps up. So give me Florida State being my number three. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm going to go with Florida State as well as my number three. For the same reasons that you mentioned, I just think they're the most the most well polished team in the ACC. It would be very difficult for me to see Louisville win out the rest of their games this season, knowing what's in the mirror behind them um, and what's ahead of them. I just think that North Carolina could be a situation where they slip up. North Carolina is not completely safe. Florida State just looks like the best offensive team and most prepared team to this point right now in the season. And that's why this is the first rendition of it. I mean, a lot can change, you know, from week to week. And, and, and of course, over the weekend makes those changes. Uh, but for right now, I think Florida State, until something crazy happens, until somebody goes in there and shows that they can be beat, 
they have to be the number three team for me because I think they're the ACC champion in my mind right now. And Mr. ACC has to continue. Um, so I got to do something with it. So, um, yeah, I think Florida State is it's got to be the the clear cut number number three for both of us. Yeah, well, let's go on number two. And man, number two was definitely tricky for me. I ultimately came down to two teams. Uh, I'll say it's the Big Ten, the Pac-12. You know, I, I was very high on Washington uh, coming into the season, and you know, the more I think about it, I think just the Pac-12 is going to beat each other up. The way that this schedule really sets up, you know, Washington gets Oregon at home if they survive that. Well, in a couple of weeks, they have to go on the road to USC, and USC faces Notre Dame. So I just think that the Pac-12 is just going to beat each other up, uh, and they're going to get left out of the playoff. And I think that the Big Ten is going to be that conference that really rises to the occasion. It's going to happen in back-to-back years. And I think I'm going to stick with my preseason pick. I'm going to go with Penn State. I think that they run the table. You know, they have Ohio Yeah, They have UMass today. They take care of business. And that's this is where, you know, your real season begins. You go on the road to Columbus against Ohio State. I think if they win that, this is an undefeated team. I think that getting Michigan at home in Happy Valley, especially if it's a night game, we'll see what, what time the kickoff is uh, is released, if it is, and that's going to be a hostile environment. If it's the big noon kickoff, then I think that you know Michigan would definitely have a better chance, uh, especially in that environment. Uh, but I think that Penn State, the way that this defense has been playing, they definitely have been playing with their hair on fire. I think that Drew Rowler, every single week, he's starting to improve. And we know what they got in the running back, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. They're going to deliver every week. So I think that this has been a team, you know, you could say that they haven't been tested. You know, they face off against West Virginia. West West Virginia is going to be one of those teams, you know, that's not going to compete for a Big 12 championship, but they're going to be a team that, you know, it's been up and down season for them. And then outside of that, you know, Penn State hasn't really been challenged. So I think that Penn State, uh, it's probably going to be a 12-0 or 11-1 team. Uh, but I think that James Franklin, you know, this has been a team, you know, they've been, you know, one player away from getting back to the Big Ten Championship. I think that they do that and they get back to the college football playoff for the first time. So give me Penn State as my number two. Yeah, number two for me uh, is going to be the SEC champion. I think I'm going to go with Georgia. And do I think Georgia can be undefeated at the end of the season? Yes, I think they can. Here's the difference, though. I just don't think strength of schedule is good enough for them to be the number one team in the country at the end of the season because I think an undefeated team will probably represent as the number one team in the country when it is all said and done. Um, I just feel that strength of schedule is, is it's massive. It really is at the end of the day. And if your strength of schedule is in the lower half of – uh, you know, college football. I just I don't think that you can represent as the number one team if you don't. If there's somebody right behind you that's gonna win out the rest of their games, then I'm sorry, you're gonna get pushed down the list. It just is what it is. Georgia has not faced. Um, I don't think they've faced a ranked team all season. Um, and, and you know that's that's the weird. Yeah, and that you know, was kind of a pity ranked team at the end of it all. Really, I mean, so. It's pretty bad for me, I think, because all these other teams that, that we've mentioned uh, either have or will play a higher-ranked team that they have all season long. So for me, that's a big red flag when it comes to 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 Georgia. So for me, I think Georgia can win out their schedule. If they slip up and they lose a football game, I don't think they're in the top. I don't think they're in the in the college football playoff because of the strength of schedule. But for right now, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and put them at number two. 
just based off of past success and seeing them railroad Kentucky last week. So they're my number two team. And they're going to be my number one team. I think that Georgia is going to go 12-0. and I just think that their schedule really sets up nicely for them. You know, they get Vanderbilt today. That will be over by the half. So I think that, you know, the really big main challenge that they have remaining is on the road uh, to Tennessee. You know, that's their big road test. Outside of that, uh, they should, you know, take care of business. You know, they still have to play Missouri, but they get Missouri in Athens. Uh, so I think that they'll ultimately face off against Alabama uh, in the SEC championship. They'll take care of business there. Uh, so I think that Georgia is just going to be back uh, where they are. They're going to be the number one seed, and they're going to pick to play in the Sugar Bowl, and Georgia fans are going to take over that stadium. Uh, so I think that Georgia, they're sitting really nice coming off of a big victory against Kentucky, and that momentum will continue to yet another number one seed. Yeah, um, for me, uh, I've got Penn State at the one seed. I think Penn State can win out the rest of their games this season. Mm -hmm. You've got two tough tests. You've got Ohio State, who's going to be a noon kickoff in Columbus. And, and, you know, you've got Michigan, who's going to be playing. You're going to be playing at home against Michigan um, in in a game that I think Michigan is going to be overmatched with the environment. Michigan hasn't won in Penn State in quite some time. And it feels like this is going to be another year where Penn State can win another game at home. And it just feels like Penn State has Michigan's number in Happy Valley and vice versa when they go to Ann Arbor. So for me, it's just difficult. Home home field advantage is huge, huge in the Big Ten. And I think this is the biggest, uh, the biggest advantage, I think, for Penn State. You pack it in there with one of the biggest stadiums in the country. Um, and it makes it very difficult, I think, for teams to compete with you. Uh, when you're playing at home. So for me, Penn State's at number one, like you said, for your number two, that one missing piece, I think for them was Drew Aller. Um, I just think he's he controls the football game with every pass, every handoff, and is really a, a, a very mature quarterback for where he's at, you know, in his, in his college career. Um, so uh, for me, I think Penn State at number six, they haven't moved all season long. Something feels like there has to be in the right direction here in the next week that really needs to move them along. I don't think they're going to move up at all after it went over UMass today, I, but I think that they could move up next week. You, if you're playing Ohio State at Ohio State, if you beat Ohio State on the road, I don't care who's at number one right now you will be the number one team in the country. Um, I mean, that's my view upon it being two ranked matchups. People are giving nods to Ohio state to be the number one team in the country. If you go in and beat them on their home turf and you hadn't done it in years. I mean, if you can do that, then I think you have to be in the eyes of the committee and the AP poll, which who cares about the AP poll at the end of the day, when we get to the college football playoff poll. Um, But I think that, if you beat them, I think that you can be the number one team in the country and you should be the number one team in the country because you beat a good team and you haven't had any problems all year long. So that's the thing there. I think three of your, uh, and you know, it feels weird that Ohio state probably only drops a couple of spots if they would to lose that game. So, I mean, <laughs> you still could have two big 10 teams in the college football playoff, like you mentioned, and, and that you have in your college football playoff. And it's been that way for some time, but I think that's just a credit to the Big Ten, to the Big Ten East at least. The Big Ten West is just no match right now, and that's that's the issue. 
Um, that'll change again next season because let's break it down. Next season, if we look at it, the SEC would have one, two, three teams that are in the top ten that would be from the SEC. Uh, you know, if if this was next year down the line. On the flip side, if we're looking at the Big Ten, we've got Michigan one, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, and Oregon. So we're talking five of the ten teams in the top ten and in the AP poll right now would be from the Big Ten. And I think that's a push to get more competitive teams in the Big Ten. And it's good. I like to see it. And it's gonna beef up the the competition and it's gonna make teams really become recruiting powerhouses and teams to really put that next step forward and show that they can compete on a whole new level. Um, But with that being said, I think Penn state's my number one team. I just feel that they're, they're waiting to be unleashed right now. And that's, that's the one big thing. And it's like a dog on a leash, just let him loose and and just go get them. And I think they're that, that step is there. Um, because pound for pound, Ohio State's defense just doesn't look right. For me, they just don't look right because Maryland was able to move the ball pretty well on them. And, and you know, that was – it wasn't a surprise to me because I felt like Maryland's a pretty good offensive team uh, with an experienced quarterback. But I think right now at this juncture, uh, they're just a step behind defensively. And offensively, you're really young. And it's just it, – it's, it's in a – in a lull period right now. And Ryan day just doesn't look comfortable with, with the state of where things are as much as they say, I mean, following big 10 football for as long as I have, something seems off with this year. And it's just different from other years. I know PJ Fleck came out and say that said that Michigan's the best football team he's ever seen since his coaching career started. Um, But it's hard to say when your team was no match for, for Michigan and not even on the same level and you got just railroaded at your home field. Um, I think he's just giving them a little bit too much credit because they really haven't played anybody all season. They haven't played anybody all season long. All three of these teams, for the most part, other than Ohio State, who barely squeaked out a win against Notre Dame. Well, that win doesn't look very good anymore considering Notre Dame's a two-loss team. It could be a three-loss by the end of the day today. So there goes the strength of schedule when it comes to things like that. So, uh, yeah, a lot could change here in our midseason CFB predictions, of course. Um And a lot to talk about, of course, going forward. But we'll close it out with our best bets. Tyler, give me your best bet for this weekend. Yeah, my first one's going to be an ACC. I'm going to go with North Carolina covering the three points uh, against Miami, like we mentioned. I think that we're both in agreements on this, uh, that especially after Miami's performance against Georgia Tech, take North Carolina, especially at home, to cover that three. Yeah, for me, I'm going to kick it over to the SEC. Mm. Uh, I've got A&M and Tennessee. A&M and Tennessee, three-point line for Tennessee uh, for this one. They're playing at home. I think that they can cover the three-point spread against A&M there. Tough place to play at Neyland Stadium. So give me the Vols to cover the three at home against A&M. Any other bets, Tyler? Yeah, I'll stick it in the SEC. This rivalry game is always, always close, and this line is sitting at double digits. I'm going to take Auburn to cover the plus 11. This just gives me LSU-Arkansas vibes. You know, if you remember, LSU was a 17.5-point favorite. That game came down to a field goal. I know that Auburn's offense has been up and down. They, You know, they're coming off of a bye week. I think they're going to be fresh. 
LSU's coming off of, you know, th- like four physical games. Uh, so I think that LSU ends up winning this one, uh, especially in Death Valley, but it would not surprise me if Auburn covers. Yeah, for me, um, I'm going to bring it back over uh, to the Pac-12. Uh, Oregon and Washington, three-point line there. Um, this game is really close. I'm going to take a spicy one and say that Oregon's going to cover the three. Um, it just seems like a very close game, like we mentioned throughout the show. It just seems like a one-point game. Somebody last-minute score, things like that. Crazy things happen to the Pac-12. Um if it was a night game, I think it'd be even more crazy, but it's an afternoon game. So, um, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be a really close game there. So I'll take Oregon plus three uh, in that one there. Of course, folks, bring come back. Bring your thoughts and opinions next week. Of course, you guys can catch us over uh, anytime on our social medias there. You guys can always comment down below throughout the show. We'll get to your questions Uh, as best we can. And, of course, if you guys want to go check out any more of our college football content, you can head over to the Sports Scramble podcast. Uh, You can catch us over there on Monday evenings. And uh, we kind of get in all the meat and potatoes of sports, but college football has definitely taken over uh, the show lately. Uh, And, of course, Tyler's takeover with the SEC continues weekly. uh, And football is in full swing, and the SEC has been nothing short of a shakeup over there. Um, so Tyler show has been very busy with Wade over there. They definitely get after it every week. Uh, but you guys can catch us back here again for this weekend, uh, for next weekend, next Saturday. And, uh, we'll get you guys previewed for the games of the weekend and get you guys ready for some college football. So you guys have a great Saturday of college football, some great games to watch. So sit down, relax, crack open a cold one and enjoy the day.